hardest part though, without working with a practitioner, the hardest thing to differentiate is, is the reaction that I'm having to this food a true sensitivity where my immune system is mounting an attack? Or is it because I don't have enough digestive power to break down this food and my body's like, I don't know what to do with this. And it kind of sits like a lump in your stomach and makes you uncomfortable and bloated. Now, one of the reasons why this makes us feel so unwell when we don't have enough enzymes and stomach acid is because most of the digestion should be done by these enzymes and your acid in your upper part of your gut. So between your stomach, your mouth, and into the small intestine, by the time it reaches that small intestine, and especially by the time it reaches the large intestine, it should be fully broken down. But if we don't have enough enzymes, it's not getting broken down to that point. And so when it reaches your intestines, the body's like, okay, well, we got to do something with this. And so your gut bacteria get to work and they start fermenting the food that's there. And that's their way of breaking things down. So that's why we get a lot of gas, a lot of bloating, a lot of pain and discomfort. Oftentimes it's due to that fermentation process. You're listening to the Fix Your Gut podcast, a podcast that empowers you to understand why you have gut issues and what to do about it. After over 20 years of suffering with IBS, migraines, and chronic fatigue, I decided to take matters into my own hands and I became a nutritionist so I could not only heal myself, but heal others that were struggling like me. Odds are you're here because you're stuck. Your doctor couldn't help and you've already tried cutting out foods and probiotics. So now what? You don't have to suffer anymore. You can heal your gut. We're going to go beyond diet and supplements to empower you with the knowledge you need to achieve deep, lasting healing and finally enjoy food again and get your life back. So first I'll kind of do a disclaimer that Obviously, not all food sensitivities are reversible, um, especially if it's a full-blown food allergy, which is very different. So if you have an immediate and more serious type of reaction when you eat a food, um, that is more of like a strong immune response that is an IgE response that is less likely to be treatable. Hi, Emily. Um, but what we're talking about today is an IgG response, and that is a food sensitivity. And those are very much um, treatable, at least most of them. At the very least, we can reduce the response that you have to them. And we're going to kind of talk about today a couple of things. So first off, the difference between an actual food sensitivity versus reacting to a food or feeling unwell when you eat a food, but it's not actually an immune response, a sensitivity. There's something else going on. And typically what that is, is either um, due to medications, due to bacterial imbalances, or due to what's called digestive deficiencies. That's what I call it. And that essentially means that you're low in something or something is not functioning properly. So that could be you're low in stomach acid, digestive enzymes, bile, or something's just not moving properly in the gut. So there's a lot of things, a lot of moving parts in there, a lot of things that can go wrong. And we're going to talk a bit more in detail about that today, including um, Nicole had a question about what is the difference between digestive bitters versus digestive enzymes? Very good question because they both help you digest and increase your digestive power, but they work very differently. Okay, 
So first of all, I want to also talk about the fact that I know a lot of you um, since, you know, being sick or whatever, um, you know, everyone's run down from the pandemic and the stress and, and the winter time, we all get sick and a lot of us end up having to take an antibiotic at some point. So first off, if you're getting frequent infections or that's sinus infections, UTI, um, yeast infections, whatever that is, and you're having to constantly take something, that's a sign that something's really off in your system. We have to look at why that's happening. Is it because you're burnt out and your immune system's super low? Is it because you don't have enough healthy bacteria in your gut due to things like restricted diet uh, or long-term use of antibiotics, right? So there's many things that can make us more susceptible to infections. And that the most important thing is we want to get our body to a state where we can help prevent these infections so that we don't need antibiotics because Antibiotics, um, obviously they're necessary sometimes, but they do have quite a powerful effect on the body. I work with a lot of people that, you know, they've done several rounds of antibiotics recently, or even in the past they've done, um, especially if it was like three at once for H. pylori or just like an ongoing infection that wouldn't go away. And then their gut symptoms either began or they got worse and worse and worse. And that is because antibiotics don't just wipe out your healthy bacteria, which is bad enough as it is, they actually cause like leaky gut and um, gut inflammation and things like food sensitivities and just lots of issues, even gastritis, that burning stomach pain. So drugs in general can cause a lot of these issues, but especially antibiotics, and it can take anywhere from two to six months for your gut to uh, kind of recover and get back to a more balanced state. In some people, especially if you're quite sensitive or you have a lot of other stuff going on, it may even take longer or your gut may never fully recover um, from the damage of uh, antibiotics, especially if it's some of the hard hitting ones or you've taken several in a short period of time. Okay, so really wanna do all we can to try to prevent the use of antibiotics. And if you have taken one, be patient and be gentle with yourself on your healing journey because it won't happen overnight. You know, the same person that might be on a similar healing journey. And so say you both have constipation and, you know, you both have food sensitivities and your friend hasn't taken many antibiotics, but you have. And I mean, there's many other differences, but just as a random comparison, they may heal much faster. They might get better in a couple months, whereas for you, it might take months or even years to start getting better, right? So you really can't... Um, force the healing journey, especially when you've taken some of these medications that are going to make your body, um, going to damage parts of your gut and take you a lot longer to recover. If you're like me on your gut healing journey, you've tried everything. Low FODMAP, gluten-free, probiotics, all the things, maybe even went for a colon cleanse. And you're still struggling with bloating, brain fog, fatigue, heartburn, constipation. You're about ready to give up hope, but don't give up just yet. <laughs> I am here to help you figure out why you're bloated and how to conquer it once and for all without restrictive diets. I'm going to be hosting a free three-day challenge, the Bloat Free Me Challenge, inside the Fix Your Gut Collective. One of the crucial things we're doing inside here is not just talking about diet and supplements, but going beyond that. And one of the crucial things is really becoming body literate. See, we get frustrated with the symptoms our body gives us. 
But really, these symptoms are signs. Our body is trying to tell us something. It's like, pay attention. Hello, something needs to be fixed here. But it's really confusing. What is it trying to say? So we just get frustrated. And in our society, we're told, oh, you have this symptom, take this pill. We are really good at masking symptoms, putting a Band-Aid on it. Okay, I took my, you know, Imodium or I took my laxative and now I feel better. That's not healing the root cause. And guess what? When you don't treat that root cause and these things keep happening, whether you feel it or not, this is inflammation building in your body. And that's going to contribute to mental health problems, weight gain, um, you know, higher risk for things like dementia and diabetes, all kinds of health problems. We don't need that. So what we're going to do in, in the challenge is actually become more body literate and get empowered to understand why you're having these symptoms, what your body's trying to tell you, and what you can do about it without resorting to a million supplements or super strict diets. So I want you to understand that when we talk about food reactions or food sensitivities, you're going to learn why it's not actually a sensitivity most of the time and that you can eat more variety of foods. Because what happens is when we don't understand how our bodies work, we tend to think, oh, I got bloated after I ate this food, so I must be sensitive to it, so now I have to avoid it. That really sucks, right? And it's also confusing because if you eat the same meal last week and you felt fine, but then you eat it today and you don't feel fine, you're like, what gives? I used to be okay with this. It was a safe food, and now all of a sudden I'm reacting to it. Guess what? It's probably not the food. Yes, food sensitivities can happen, especially if you have leaky gut, but it's more likely the state you're in when you're eating the food, your nervous system and your stress levels. So we're really going to talk about a lot of mindset and uh, nervous system regulation techniques that you can use to shift your body into a healing state where digestion is optimized and you are less likely to feel like crap after eating. Because guess what? When you're in that stress state, say you're having a stressful day at work, it doesn't matter what you eat. You could just have a glass of water and you're going to have heartburn, indigestion, bloating, right? Because digestion is shut down. When you understand this and how the body functions, you understand exactly what to do to turn digestion back on, get it optimized so you can eat more things with less symptoms. I want you to have a bloat-free summer where you can enjoy the foods you love, wear what you want with confidence and have the energy and the mental health and just feel amazing to do whatever you want, whether it's beach days, road trips, uh, family barbecues, having a drink with friends. You can do these things. You don't have to fear eating out or fear being away from a bathroom, right? We're going to get you there. So this three-day challenge, we're going to talk about causes of bloating, including your gut bacteria, nervous system dysregulations, even things like autoimmunity. We're going to talk about how we heal the gut with a four-step gut healing process, but also really importantly, mindset shifts and simple daily practices and routines that you can add to your busy life. Believe me, these are simple things, guys, that allow you to optimize your digestive health and eat what you want. So I'm really excited for this. It's also going to include a free recipe guide and two chances to win lifetime access to my signature program, the Fix Your Gut Formula, which I recently revamped to include yoga classes, mindset, breath work, um, supplement protocols, new masterclasses with myself on all kinds of gut topics, and so much more. Value of over $595 
but you're going to get lifetime access if you win in this giveaway. Super excited for you guys to check this out. So if you want to join myself and over 200 ladies inside the Fix Your Gut Collective for the Bloat Free Me Challenge, that's April 12th to 14th. There's a link in the bio to sign up and you'll get an email with more details and I will see you in there. So I want to talk about kind of how the upper gut and digestion works and um, the difference between something like a bitters and a digestive enzyme. Well, maybe we'll just start with what are enzymes? Why do we need them? And why would we be low in them? So your digestion starts in your mouth. And when you're chewing, obviously that's breaking down food, but that saliva that we produce also has digestive enzymes in it. Then we swallow, the food goes into our stomach where we should have stomach acid, although many of us are very low in stomach acid. And one of the main reasons is due to chronic stress. Um, and so the enzymes and the acid are starting to work away in there. From there, it's entering into the small intestine. The small intestine is the main site of absorption. And so um, things are also getting further broken down in there, but a lot of the digestion happens between the mouth and the stomach. In the small intestine, we have more enzymes. So enzymes that are produced by the lining of your intestines. So if there's any inflammation or damage there, such as celiac disease and SIBO, any kind of bacterial infection or recent viral illness, you may not be producing enough enzymes from that gut lining. Um, we also have in the small intestine, the gallbladder and liver is connected to there and we're shooting out bile to help with um, breaking things down as well. So bile is kind of a different substance. It's not considered an enzyme. So we'll focus on enzymes. So we've got the enzymes from saliva, um, the enzymes from the lining of your small intestine. And then um, there's two other sources. So the third one would be, uh, these are really strong enzymes produced by your pancreas. So we may know your pancreas as our, um, the thing that produces insulin in response to a meal, and that allows um, the sugars from our food to get into our cells to be used for energy. So when people have diabetes, the pancreas is what's affected. But it also actually makes very strong digestive enzymes. And then the final thing, our final source, the fourth source of enzymes in the body is actually from your gut bacteria, your healthy gut bacteria, your probiotics. They produce enzymes that help to final, kind of the final stage in digestion and breaking down your food. And so fun fact, so if you are someone who say you used to have lactose intolerance, but since you've been taking a probiotic with lactobacillus bacteria, you seem to tolerate dairy more. That's because the enzymes that are produced by those bacteria are lactase enzymes actually break down the lactose in dairy. So that's why you can tolerate dairy better when you're taking a probiotic. So we've got the four sources of enzymes. If something goes wrong in either any of those um, areas or all of them, then we really have an issue where we don't have enough digestive enzymes. So I'll break it down further and pun intended, because literally I want you to understand that enzymes are enzymatically kind of, you think about like um, a piece of food and something eating away at it and breaking it down into basically into like decomposing it, right? Like you see in the forest when leaves are decomposing, that's enzymes working on food in the body, it's breaking it down. Obviously, we also have some breaking down from chewing and some breaking down from like the churning of the stomach and the churning and the, the contractions of the gut too. But the enzymatic kind of eating away and breaking down into very small bits is what enzymes do. 
And without that, you're not going to be able to adequately absorb the nutrients from your food. So sure, you could be eating lots of healthy foods, but you may notice that you're seeing undigested food in your stool, or maybe your stools look greasy and oily. That's a good sign that you have either not enough enzymes, bile, or stomach acid, or all of the above. Okay, so those are really good indicators that things are not working well. And the hardest part though, without working with a practitioner, the hardest thing to differentiate is, is the reaction that I'm having to this food a true sensitivity where my immune system is mounting an attack? Or is it because I don't have enough digestive power to break down this food and my body's like, I don't know what to do with this. And it kind of sits like a lump in your stomach and makes you uncomfortable and bloated. Now, one of the reasons why this makes us feel so unwell when we don't have enough enzymes and stomach acid is because most of the digestion should be done by these enzymes and your acid in your upper part of your gut. So between your stomach, your mouth, and into the small intestine, by the time it reaches that small intestine, and especially by the time it reaches the large intestine, it should be fully broken down. But if we don't have enough enzymes, it's not getting broken down to that point. And so when it reaches your intestines, the body's like, okay, well, we got to do something with this. And so your gut bacteria get to work and they start fermenting the food that's there. And that's their way of breaking things down. So that's why we get a lot of gas, a lot of bloating, a lot of pain and discomfort. Oftentimes it's due to that fermentation process. So the one easiest way to tell whether it's a food sensitivity or um, just simply not enough enzymes is by trying a digestive enzyme. However, you do have to be cautious, um, especially if you are someone who has a lot of stomach irritation, whether you've had an ulcer or gastritis and just have had this like burning pain in your stomach, you don't want to be trying enzymes on your own. They can be quite potent, some of them, especially the ones that have uh, stomach acid or HCL, as well as pancreatic enzymes. So there's some, some enzymes that have all of these things together in them, and they're very, very potent. They do work well, but if you have that existing stomach irritation, it may irritate it further. So we don't want to do that. So in that case, I'd say either skip the enzymes and work with a practitioner to find a different way of addressing that, or you can try an enzyme that's much more gentle. So you would want to look for one that is just strictly enzymes, not pancreatic enzymes. So it will say on the bottle whether it's, you know, pancreatic um, enzymes or whether it's lipase, amylase, cellulase. It'll like list them all out. And usually it'll say it's from like a, a bacterial or a fungal source. Um, you've kind of fermented it in the lab and created that rather than it being from um it's gross, but it's from a pancreas of some animal, right? That's how they get the pancreatic enzyme. So obviously for those of you who are vegetarian or vegan, you're not gonna be want, wanting to take um, an enzyme with pancreatic enzymes in it and or ox bile, which is also a common ingredient in these enzymes. So that's the best way to tell. So if you were to say, okay, I know that oatmeal makes me feel really full and uncomfortable and bloated. Do an experiment, take a high quality enzyme, and I can list the brands out for you when I'm done, the ones that I recommend. Try an enzyme with it at the very beginning uh, of the meal. And if that improves it, then your answer is, it was literally because you didn't have the digestive power to break it down. If it doesn't improve the reaction and you're still feeling uncomfortable, it's more likely um, an immune response. 
So how do we know, um, I was gonna say, how do we know what, why we have these sensitivities and why we're having this immune response? Um, usually it's due to leaky gut. But before we get into what causes leaky gut and how I work with people to fix leaky gut and reverse those sensitivities, I want to kind of clarify the topic of um, <clears throat> uh, food sensitivity tests. So these are tests that are IgG tests. They're testing for a specific type of immune reaction in the body, not IgE, which is like a serious food allergy. Um, IgG tests, usually it's a blood sample, blood spot, and they test for you know a couple hundred different foods. And the problem with them is they're not super accurate, but also if you already have a lot of gut issues, you've had it for a long time, um, you probably have leaky gut, which means that your food is leaking into your bloodstream all the time. And so that means, what is this test gonna show you? It's just gonna tell you basically, you're reacting to every single thing you eat. Odds are you're reacting to many, many foods because everything you eat is probably leaking into your bloodstream. So at that point, it's like, why spend the money? It's not worth doing the test. If we know you have leaky gut or you're working with someone like myself, we start talking and I can tell right away, okay, this person has leaky gut, they're reacting to a lot of foods, and I know why, there's no point doing the test because it's just gonna tell us that you're reacting to everything you eat. Then you start panicking and feeling like you have to cut out everything you've been eating. And for some people, you're already on a very restricted diet, so then what's left to eat, right? I've been there and it's extremely restrictive, very hard on your mental health and your day-to-day -day life. And I don't think it's necessary for healing. However, I will caveat that with saying that if you know there's something like gluten or dairy that you have a very strong reaction to it, it makes you feel very sick and you even get things like, you know, uh, eczema or hives or you're like constipated for a week after eating it, those ones you may want to reduce or cut out and to see if that helps. But I don't recommend cutting out random foods like tomatoes and, you know, peppers or grapes or whatever you think, you know, if you had a sensitivity test and these random foods show up or even spices, I don't think that's necessary to cut those out. So let's kind of dive into why we might develop leaky gut and how that gets fixed, how I help people fix that so that we can kind of reverse those sensitivities. Before I do that, I'm going to have some tea. <laughs> if you guys have any um, questions as we go along, please do ask. I want to make sure that I'm not confusing anyone and that I cover all of your uh, questions and concerns. Um, or if you feel more comfortable, you can always send me a direct message afterwards and I can post about it anonymously. So that's fine too. Okay, so I'm just gonna bring my notes down here and make sure I cover everything. Before I dive into leaky gut, I want to talk about um, your microbiome and how that impacts your ability to handle foods, whether you're having a sensitivity or some kind of reaction, right? A lot of people that I work with that are having a lot of sensitivities or reactions to foods is because they, first of all, they don't have that digestive power that we just covered but also they have an imbalanced gut microbiome. So if you don't know, your microbiome is the ecosystem of bacteria, yeast, viruses, all the little buggy boos that live in your gut. And they do many, many things for us. So this is why if you take something like an antibiotic and you knock a lot of the good guys out, you're not gonna have the ability to 
digest properly. And here's why. Two of the main things they do for us. Number one is, like I mentioned, they actually produce enzymes. And those enzymes help us break down and digest foods. So of course we're going to have more issues digesting foods if we don't have the bacteria to help produce enzymes. Especially if you already have enzyme issues in other areas, like you don't have enough pancreatic enzymes or you don't have enough enzymes um, coming from your small intestine. Secondly, the other thing they do is they modulate your immune system. So if you're someone who feels like you've got a lot of seasonal allergies and you seem to react to almost everything you eat, but you've also taken a lot of antibiotics or just had like a really restrictive diet or many other things that would have impacted your gut, odds are that you don't have enough healthy bacteria in there to keep your immune system in a calm, non-reactive state. So I will caveat this by saying there's other factors that impact your immune um, reaction to things. And the other major one would be things like trauma, stress, and burnout. So if you're always on edge and always in that fight or flight state, your immune system is more likely to be hyperreactive. And that can be things like histamine production, which is obviously, you know, histamine is like allergy symptoms, right? But a lot of histamine in the body and in the gut can cause symptoms. But we're also talking about inflammatory immune molecules like cytokines that can actually trigger a lot of inflammation in the body, but also in the gut. And so if that's constantly being triggered, um, whether that's due to, you know, harsh medications, processed foods, um, eating something you're sensitive to, then you're always going to have that inflammatory process going, right? And that's going to cause more pain, more bloating and all of that. And that's one of the ways in which um, when people that have autoimmune diseases, especially autoimmune diseases in the gut, like celiac, Crohn's and colitis, oftentimes their microbiome is very imbalanced and they don't have enough healthy bacteria to keep that inflammation down. So same thing goes with any kind of reaction to food, whether it's an actual sensitivity or just feeling unwell after you eat it. It could be literally because you don't have the ability to keep that inflammatory response under control and keep your immune system from being hyperreactive. So your body, like the lids come off the pot, the body just does whatever it wants to do. When it sees that food, it might just start sending all kinds of inflammatory molecules out. So one of the reasons it does that, especially when it's more of a systemic reaction, so if you're getting you know, brain fog and fatigue and headaches and rashes and things like that, um, the reason that we get that is because when we have leaky gut, so when the damage is being done to our gut lining and, um, these cells that were supposed to be nice and tight and only, um, very small things get through. So like sugars of digested food and whatnot, when those cells become loose and full blown, like food particles are leaking into the bloodstream as well as maybe like bad bacteria and different things that are in the gut leaking in the bloodstream, the body says, whoa, this is not supposed to be here and starts mounting an immune response, an attack on that food. So that releases a lot of inflammation and it starts to actually flag that food molecule, it'll grab it and tag it for later. So that way when you eat the food again, that's when the sensitivity develops because it's already flagged that it says, oh, I remember this thing. This is an invader. It's not supposed to be here. And it will start that inflammatory process, right? So 
As I mentioned, antibiotics can definitely cause um, enough inflammation in the gut to contribute to leaky gut, but so can other medications. So painkillers are a big one, Advil um, and prescription strength painkillers. And then the other one that um, has been part of my healing journey and I'm seeing in a lot of clients is the use of antidepressants and other psychotropic medications. So I want to caveat that by saying I don't expect people to get off their medication. I would never recommend that, but it is something to think about yourself if you've already done a lot of work with a practitioner and you're feeling like you're getting stuck and you're, you know, maybe you've gotten 50, 70% better, but you're still struggling with that last bit. It could be your medication is causing enough inflammation in the gut to prevent you from fully healing. So it's always, I just want to inform people of that side effect. I would never expect someone to come off their medication because I can't legally ask you to do that, but it has been part of my healing journey. And personally, I have noticed that as I've weaned off the antidepressant that I was on, my gut got a lot better, specifically um, gastritis, so stomach pain. And when you read up on some of these medications, you know, they try to keep it hush hush because it's a big money in the drug industry, but there is reported side effects of gastrointestinal issues, including gastritis, um, you know, just gut irritation in general, nausea, vomiting, all kinds of gut issues with a lot of medications. But again, I get it. I've been there. Sometimes these medications are necessary for you to function. So it's definitely a personal choice and something you have to weigh the options on. So medications, um, processed foods, obviously, any kind of chemical or something that's coming into the body and the body is like not even recognizing that as a food because what the hell is this? It's causing a lot of inflammation, right? So things like preser preservatives and artificial flavors and coloring and I don't even know, like artificial sweeteners, all kinds of crap that your body does not recognize as food has to get detoxed by the body and it's going to cause inflammation when it's in there. So a common one that I've come across myself and that, you know, it's crazy to me if you actually really read the label on something um, like chips, a flavored chip of some kind, whether it's barbecue, all dressed. I don't know if it's just me, but from what I remember in the 90s, I feel like there wasn't nearly as much crap in them. But the ingredient list is very, very long and even has things like spices, which can literally be anything. And most of them, if not all of them, have MSG in them, which is a known uh, gut irritant, uh, can even cause things like migraines. So we really want to be mindful when we're shopping and choosing our foods that, you know, yes, you can have a, an indulgence and enjoy some chips, but you may do better with a uh, plain salted chip uh, or a chip with some salsa rather than a, a flavored chip that's full of these chemicals, right? So just keeping that in mind because it can contribute to leaky gut. And then the final thing that contributes to leaky gut is your gut bacteria. So having these gut bacteria imbalances where you have either, there's several circumstances. You can have too much bad microbes, so that can be bacteria, yeast, viruses, parasites, that are causing, actively causing inflammation. And one of the ways it does that is because your body's like, whoa, this, there's too much bad stuff here. We have to kind of kill it off and it starts trying to attack it. So it's mounting an immune response on that bacteria to try to kill it and get it out of there. The second one would be not necessarily that you have too much bad guys, but more so that you don't have enough good bacteria. So I mentioned that um, not too long ago about how that healthy bacteria helps keep that inflammation under control and keep everything nice and happy and calm in the gut. 
So when we have those imbalances, especially long-term, we develop leaky gut because there's that constant inflammation there that's irritating the cells and allowing them to loosen and allow food particles into the bloodstream, as well as things like bacteria. So the question is, how do we reverse that once we've developed leaky gut? How do we even know we have leaky gut? Um, I can post a list of symptoms, but they're quite vague. They're symptoms that can be common in many illnesses. So things like brain fog, fatigue, gas, bloating, constipation or diarrhea, pain in the abdomen. Um, there's so many things that are related to leaky gut, even autoimmune diseases, um, muscle, muscle aches and joint pain, headaches, migraines. So the best way to know for sure is to work with a practitioner like myself because I know exactly what picture of symptoms and what you're going through and I can tell right away, okay, that's a leaky gut person, right? I can also order tests like the GI map that will give me even more confirmation that yes, you've got a lot of systemic inflammation here, you've got a lot of bad bacteria, not enough good bacteria, definitely a leaky gut picture. So what we do then is I have to use this four-step protocol that I have talked about here in the group before. Typically takes at least three months of working one-on-one -on -one together. Um, and what we do is we kind of, as a first step, we remove anything that's causing active inflammation. So that would mean things like, you know, cutting out the use of Advil and alcohol and um, if gluten's a trigger for you or whatever foods are, are giving you like severe symptoms. We're going to cut those out. We're going to kill off any bad microbes that have overgrown. So how do I know what supplements to use? If I have not done a GI map test with someone, I use more of like a broad spectrum supplement that is likely to kill different types of bacteria at the same time. And this is especially important in um, SIBO, which is small intestine bacterial overgrowth. So we do that as the first step to kind of clear out some of the bad guys and the overgrowth. The second step is to restore what's missing or replace what's missing. So as we talked about earlier, if you're not producing enough of those enzymes, if you're low in stomach acid or bile, we have to supplement that um, temporarily at least until we get your gut back to a place where it can produce its own again. So your gut will naturally produce its own enzymes and optimize the digestive process when it's in a good state but it does take some time. So we use supplements as a temporary measure to help you optimize digestion and get your symptoms under control. So that would look like a broad spectrum, um, really high quality enzyme. And then I also address any nutrient deficiencies. So something, you know, it's common to have low iron, low B12 and things like that. But one of the more important things in terms of deficiencies is a lot of people that have absorption problems and chronic gut issues are often low in zinc. And zinc is actually needed to um, repair the gut lining and make stomach acid. So a lot of you'll, you'll see, if you ever look at you know, some of these gut repair supplements, a lot of them have what's called zinc L-carnosine in it. Um, they also have glutamine, L-glutamine. So zinc L-carnosine is the form of zinc to help you repair the gut and produce stomach acid. Then we have glutamine, which is an amino acid, a building block of protein and that helps to actively repair those leaky gut cells, make them nice and tight. And then the next step would be, I guess that's the third step there, is kind of repairing that gut lining. 
And then the final step is to find and rebuild that balance of bacteria in the gut. Remember we talked about we need enough of those healthy bacteria in there to produce those enzymes for us, keep inflammation under control, make sure that the gut cells are staying nice and healthy and tight, right? So we're not, we're healing leaky gut and we're preventing it from reoccurring. And one of the things there that's really important that doesn't get talked about enough, and I maybe only mentioned it a few times, um, we've heard of prebiotics. That's the fiber that feeds the probiotics, the healthy bacteria, so they eat fiber. But then what? The final thing is postbiotics. When the bacteria eat the fiber and ferment it, they create these postbiotic compounds called SCFAs for short. So I highly encourage you to look it up. It's pretty interesting. There's a lot of new research coming out on it. Um, there's a group of them, but one of the more commonly researched ones is called butyrate. And you can actually buy butyrate supplements. They're really great, especially for people that have IBD, serious bowel disease. Um, and they, the reason why we need so much fiber in our diet, not just to bulk our stool, but because we're literally feeding the healthy bacteria in our gut, the food that it needs to produce these gut healing butyrate or these SCFA compounds. So these, this butyrate compound actually heals the gut cells, right? So if you've got leaky gut, everything's inflamed. We need to do as much as we can to heal it up. So that's where these postbiotics, their job is to kind of heal it up and prevent things from reoccurring. Alice, good question. So that's where, um, because I don't recommend kind of DIYing, um, when you're working with a practitioner, because of my experience in working with people and the research that I've done, I would know when someone is ready to move to the next step of the 4R protocol. Um, doing it on your own, it's next to impossible to know when you're ready. Um, if you really wanted to DIY it, and I have done it myself, and that's what got me stuck and kept me <laughs> stuck for about 10 years, but um, basically for me it was trial and error. When I wasn't working with a practitioner, I would just like try something as if it was the next step, and then if I felt like crap, I would go back to the previous step. And to be honest, I never got to that final stage when I was working with on my own and not working with a practitioner because... I wasn't doing it properly and I never was able to get to the point where I could tolerate things like probiotics. So really, really important that you work with someone that knows how to do the four-step protocol properly and when your body is ready for that next step. All right, so I'm just gonna check to make sure I covered everything here. Yeah, I think the only other thing I wanna talk about in terms of like supplements that are used um, to repair the gut once you've developed leaky gut in that fourth step um, that would be probiotics for sure as a temporary measure because I want to hammer home that probiotics don't last in your gut. So the longest they can stay in there is maybe six to eight weeks. And then once you stop taking them, they disappear. The other drawback of probiotics is that there's only so many strains or types on the market, right? So if you're reading the, the label and there's, you know, 10 different types in there, Maybe all together with all the brands that are out there, there's maybe 20 or 30 types. It's always growing, but compared to, you know, the diversity that we should have in our gut, um, the average North American has maybe 200 different types of bacteria. In less developed countries, they have a thousand or several thousand types of bacteria. And they're saying that because of our, our you know, over sanitization and, and use of antibiotics, some of these microbes are actually going extinct. So once we kill them off, we can't really bring them back. 
sometimes, right? Like we can do what we can with fiber and probiotics, but the probiotics that are available, obviously there's only, you know, 20 or 30, and there's several thousand different types of bacteria that are typically found in a human gut, right? So once they're gone, they're gone sometimes. There's only really so much we can do. So that's why we really wanna prevent, you know, kind of like clear cutting a forest, right? We don't wanna get to that point. We wanna really keep what we have. And so, yes, we use probiotics in that phase and possibly for some people throughout the gut healing process, especially if they're quite reactive um, because they produce these gut healing compounds, they calm the system down, um, they help you digest food better. Oh, and before I finish, remind me if I don't remember to come back to it that um, maybe I'll just say it now so I don't forget. Those of you, and most of you I know are in this place um, where you've had to really limit what foods you're eating because you're finding you're reacting to things. So maybe first you cut out gluten and then you cut out dairy and then you found that onion was bothering you and then garlic. When you cut out all of these things, yes, your symptoms may improve a bit, but because your body gets used to such a limited diet and by doing so you actually limit the amount or different types of bacteria that can thrive in your gut, you actually overly sensitize your system. So that's why a lot of you may find that, you know, okay, I've been on this diet for like a year, I'm sick of it, I want to start bringing food back in. So you start trying different foods, right? You start challenging your body with some of the foods that you used to react to and hope that you don't have a reactant reaction, but odds are you do. And you may even start reacting to more and more foods because you've actually oversensitized your body. And because um, your nervous system is a wreck in your gut and you don't have those probiotics to control that response and help you digest the food, you're going to be very, very sensitive to everything you eat. So you really want to keep an eye out for that when you start to like overly limit. Yes, the recording will be available, Alice. Um, when you start to really limit foods, just keep that in mind that yes, temporarily it may help you feel better, but in the long run, it's actually making your system way more sensitive and you're gonna have a really hard time trying to bring those foods back in, okay? So I highly recommend when you get to the point where you feel like you're reacting to more and more foods, work with a practitioner who can help you get those root causes treated. So the final things I wanna talk about in terms of supplements for gut healing, um, demulcents and antihistamine supplements. So demulcents are a group of herbs that kind of soothe and coat your mucous membranes, um, so your gut lining. And that includes things like licorice root, marshmallow, slippery elm, um, I'm trying to think, there's a few others that I can't remember off the top of my head, but basically it's something that when it gets wet, it gets kind of gummy and slimy, which is kind of gross, but it actually is very beneficial for your gut lining and it helps protect it. So a lot of people, like I'll give people um, DGL, like licorice chews. Um, they're kind of little tablets that you chew if you have a lot of heartburn or stomach pain because it's actually coating your stomach lining. So demulcents are usually included as well in some of these gut repair powders and, and supplements. And then the final thing is an antihistamine supplement. So typically, um, one of the ways or one of the reasons why people start having reactions to foods and may even start having, you know, more allergies in, in the summer and whatnot is because when we don't have enough healthy bacteria in the gut, we don't have the ability to break down histamine and histamine or excess histamine, especially in the gut can trigger IBS symptoms. 
because some of these bacteria are a lot of healthy bacteria like lactobacillus and bifido strains actually actively break down histamine for us. So don't get me wrong, we tend to think of histamine as bad altogether. We do actually need a certain level of histamine in our body, but when it builds and builds and builds, that's when we start to get symptoms. So things like rashes and headaches and indigestion and gut pain. So that's where, again, getting to that root cause and balancing out that bacteria, getting more of the good guys in there that help you to break down histamine um, helps to manage uh, reactions to food, but also, you know, any kind of pain or inflammation in the gut. And um, I think that's, oh yeah, I'll just mention for antihistamine uh, supplements would be things like vitamin C, um, quercetin, which is a bioflavonoid derived from citrus, and nettles are some of the more common ones. And those are usually, again, in these um, gut healing supplements. So I hope you guys found this really helpful. If you have any questions at all, I'm happy to answer them. Um, what I will do is post some of the brands. I'll list off the brand names if, if you are looking for products. And I'll also link to my gut, um, gut repair protocols that have these high-end products in them. Um, because I don't want you guys wasting money on things like um, supplements from Costco or Amazon or any of these like really low-end bargain basement supplements, uh, first of all, they're less likely to have a high potent concentration of ingredients that will actually work for you. And secondly, a lot of these cheaper brands put a lot of different fillers and things in them that are actually top allergens. So there might be dairy or soy or all kinds of fillers and things that don't need to be in there. So really recommend sticking with the professional brands. And I will post that as well as a link to the supplement pro uh, protocols that I've created um, in this uh, posting once I'm done. So thanks everyone for joining me today. I'm going to post the replay shortly and uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Have a good weekend. That's it for me. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, I hope you found it helpful and make sure that you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any new episodes. If you really love the show, be sure to share the episode on social or leave a rating and review in your podcast app. If you're a longtime listener, you know what's up. I'll be back soon with another episode of the Fix Your Gut podcast with more science-based, digestible strategies for root cause gut healing so you can get your life back and enjoy food again. Chat soon.